This episode is a sponsored partnership by Keen. So, you finally decided that you want to seek psychic advice. But now you're just sitting there and you're asking yourself, why Keen? Shouldn't I just look into psychics near me? It would probably be a lot easier. Our response? Why would you? Keen connects you with talented tarot readers and astrologers. If you want to get a reading on Keen, it's super easy to start. They've been giving trustworthy readings since 1999, over 35 million to be exact. All you have to do is create an account, and you'll be able to choose from hundreds of readers who are online right now. These readers each have unique specialties designed to provide a deeper understanding of your situation. Want to learn more about your love life? What's your financial future look like? Are you looking for a closure from a deceased loved one? Keen has a reader ready to provide clarity and insight. You can choose whichever reader best suits your needs, and you'll be able to connect via phone call or text. Just go to trykeen.com potential. As a new customer on Keen, you can try your first 10 minutes for only $1.99, which is up to $99 in savings. Once again, that's trykeen.com potential. Get your first 10 minutes for $1.99. And remember, know your potential. Reviewing the latest in movies, TV series, video games, books, and more. This is Potential Picks. Hello, welcome back to another edition of Potential Picks. I'm your host, Tara Sokol, and joined by my co-host and uh, fellow attorney of the law, Chris Tour. Today's episode, we're reviewing the newest iteration in the MCU television series, She-Hulk, Attorney at Law. This was uh, direct for our streaming service, Disney Plus, based on the Marvel comics featuring the character of She-Hulk. It was actually the eighth television series in the MCU, sharing the continuity with all the films produced by Marvel Studios. Uh, very, uh, very intrigued about this show. I know when we saw the trailers, I think what we've we've noticed with a lot of these shows, what's gonna what's gonna be different with the formula? What are they gonna do different? And I thought um, I was very intrigued to see this, and also a character I've not really seen much of. Uh, but uh, looking forward to dive into this one. Chris, give us a brief synopsis of She-Hulk. So She-Hulk is about Jennifer Walters, who is an attorney, and she is the cousin of Bruce Banner, who of course we know is the Hulk. And during a little accident when they're together, car accident, uh, some of Bruce's blood gets into her and she actually becomes a Hulk herself, the She-Hulk. And the series is about her finding kind of that balance of how do I maintain being a lawyer while also having now these new powers where I become She-Hulk. So before we continue, this is your spoiler warning. Spoiler warning. We will be diving into spoilers about the series. Uh, so if you've not seen all nine episodes, uh, go do that and then come back and listen to the rest. This series has been one of the most struggled ones for me to continue to watch and enjoy. And it's a weird thing where it's like a half. There's half stuff I like about it and half stuff I really didn't like about it. The ultimate problem to me is there's not one central plot. There's there's not one central plot. There's not one central villain. They, I kind of understand that right now Marvel was maybe looking at this show to be like, this is going to be a true law 
based comedy series. And like most comedy sitcoms, it is not sequential. It is a situation happens in this story, and then the next episode, it's a completely different situation, and they don't tie it all together. If that's the vibe they were going for, I think they should have set that up at the beginning of the show because it felt like every episode was going to tie together, and it doesn't. And that was a big issue for me because the first episode, which I actually think is one of the stronger ones, is once she becomes She-Hulk, it's Bruce Banner having to be like, okay, I need to teach you the ropes. This is how it is to be a superhero. Like, you're the Hulk. You're very strong. You're invincible. You're fast. And the humor that Jennifer Walters is a character that just gets everything. Like, she can break the fourth wall, talk straight to the screen. So it was kind of set up that she's like, yeah, I get all this, but I'm not going to use these powers because I'm still an attorney and I do my job very well. So I'm like, okay, she's going to be this attorney that has these weird cases. She gets hired to work at this like special division that's all for superheroes or people in that kind of world. I thought that was going to take off into avenues. And the thing was, it, it I was listening to a review the other night. It did feel like almost every episode, she's not actually on a court case or very little in the courtroom. A lot of it is about her personal life, her dating life, and stuff like that. And I, I think it got it just got messy through a lot of the series. And I think it's a shame because I think actually Tatiana Maslany is very good in the role. She's very cute. And I think that it's it's hard too because we're guys. This is not bagging on a female-led show. But I think it's actually a smart move. And a lot of this show is about like body image and like sexuality and like dating. And it's all the stuff that like women go through through the lens of like. When Jennifer is herself, she's a smaller, meek, you know, person. And then she becomes this voluptuous She-Hulk and how, like, the world sees her that way. And where that balances is, like, is Jennifer still someone people want? Those moments, I think, actually worked really well in the show. But it's just a, a concoction of a lot of weird stuff, you know, that I don't think it all worked or gelled together in, like, one series. Well, and it's funny because there's a... <laughs> There's a moment where, again, there's a lot of the fourth wall breaking. There's a lot of little breaking, uh, you know, the fifth wall, maybe. But there's these moments where then she's like, yeah, I'll, um, you know, it's, it's not, you think it's one of the shows are going to cameo every time they make fun of it. Well, then it is. So they're using a lot of these cameos, but they're basically like the main character of the show or characters. But it doesn't it doesn't really work for it because it was almost like they're they're kind of so shoehorned in that it's like. It's just like, oh, we got to tune in because we're going to see these characters. And it was like, now we know that obviously X-Men is going to be a thing connected. And we also know that the Netflix series of Marvel shows are now going to be connecting into that. It was like, well, this is a way we can kind of shoe in there. But it wasn't, it just didn't feel as organic as it could have been. And I think this would have been a great series to kind of tap in um, to maybe other characters from the you know, Marvel comics that aren't going to be featured other places or maybe could. And yeah, it was, it just felt very sloppy and choppy throughout that. And I think there's some really great law comedies with dramedies. Like I'm a huge fan of Suits, which I think does a really good blend of, um, good job of blending not only kind of the case of the week, but also the overarching plot. Um, you know, we've seen that with shows like Boston Legal and whatnot, and that they can do that, but make it, 
you know, fun. Like I said, there was not a lot of moments that I was laughing where I felt like I should have been laughing. I laughed definitely more in the first episode. And then the only kind of times I was laughing was some of the little bits of the, of the cameo characters. Like we get a lot of characters like uh, Wong um, who that was probably one of my highlights with some of the stuff that, that he was dealing with, but yeah, a lot of these characters in there that kind of focus on Jennifer Walters character, a lot of her friends and coworkers, I didn't really like care about any of these characters. There wasn't a lot of fun qualities. They're very one dimensional, you know, one note. Yeah. Like they have the whole plot line of like the guy that makes the superhero suits kind of like the end of mode of the Incredibles. <laughs> and it really never really went anywhere. It was like very over the top dramatic. Like he's like, I'm the best person in the world to make suits. And at one point there's a client that's claiming that, one of his suits like broke and it's like it's this whole plot line that didn't really need to happen. And then like, yeah, her like assistant that's like just kind of always there and very chatty. Uh, some of the family stuff is kind of like, okay, it's nice. But we have these big characters, right? These characters that are actually important characters of the MCU. For example, Tim Roth back as Emil Blonsky slash Abomination. We just saw in Shang-Chi that Abomination and Wong were fighting in Shanghai in this like arena ring, right? So we're like, how does that a thing if he's been in prison? And they go this whole route that like Emil has found peace and is like a guru now. And I actually thought that 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 was a funny kind of way to start the show, but it should have got to the point that Abomination then actually breaks back out and is a true villain again. Because now we have this character that is, you know, he was a huge rage monster in the Hulk and now he's like not really anything and he has the ability to turn into this huge abomination now of course Wong and him have gone off on these things and I thought there was some great humor of when he would pop into the cell to take him away and the show ends with him bringing Emil to Carmitage so maybe Doctor Strange 3 or another series who knows obviously Thunderbolts is also coming up and I'm sure Emil will be back for that. Um, and then, yeah, Wong in there. Uh, Bruce at one point goes off to Sokovia again. And then, like, at the no, end of the Sakar. Sakar. Sakar, that's right. He goes to Sakar. We don't see him for a long time. And then, randomly at the end of the show, he shows back up. And now he has his son. So it's like, are we doing World War Hulk series? Are we doing that? That was just not explained. I feel like sometimes that is the humor of the show is they're kind of tiptoeing around things like, yeah, X-Men or like there's a whole episode where you see this guy who's like basically using like magic as like his superpower. And there's like a thing that's like his name is Donnie Blaze. So kind of like a, a turn on Johnny Blaze who is actually Ghost Rider. So like stuff like that where I'm like, they were almost tiptoeing around little things that could lead to big things in the MCU. But then it's all these like side characters or like side comic book characters that you're going to see only in the series and you don't really care about again. And this whole plot that there's a secret organization that wants She-Hulk's blood, but that never really came to fruition. Like nothing really yeah, came of that. There's this whole thing where she's dating this guy and then he ghosts her, but then he was like behind it, like stealing her blood. He just was using her, but then Where's his comeuppance? And then he doesn't come up again. Yeah, he never and, shows up again. And there's <laughs> really like, there's really no, yeah, and the whole secret organization, there's really no final follow-up with them. There's no comeuppance for that or what? Because this weird kind of 
yeah, it was really weird for me. Now, one of the best episodes, actually the best episode to me of the whole show, was getting Charlie Cox in here as Matt Murdock. Yes. So this was like the official, we had Spider-Man No Way Home, we had the one scene. But this was like his official, like, okay, he really is in the MCU. And we know that Daredevil's getting his own show, which is awesome. This was a great episode because it was both a, okay, we see from the point of the law how these two operate, but then also him getting to teach her, like, look, sometimes you got to do things outside the law, and that's why we're superheroes. And I think that was important because it felt like She-Hulk never actually wanted to become a hero, even though she has these powers. And I think that he taught her, like, yes, it's always great to do it by actual, by the book. But sometimes you can't do it that way. And you're going to help a lot of people by using your gift. And there was some great action in that scene. Daredevil really gets to shine and do some great action. And then they hook up. And now they're like a thing, really. If, like by the end of the series, it's like, oh, they're they're a thing. The finale was very weird and meta and, and not I necessarily kind of, in a good way. <laughs> not in a great way. I think it would have been better, actually. I thought there I thought I thought, is this the first show they're actually gonna have Kevin Feige come like I thought he was gonna be more like the man in the chair, like in the Matrix. They went more like the robot who like runs like the ship on Wally kind of route. Yeah. But this whole idea that she like breaks the fourth wall, comes out of Disney Plus to another saying she walks to the Disney Studios, she goes to Marvel Studios and like there's this ultimate robot that is named Kevin that has all the MCU programming. A little great humor, but it, it's like there was no action for the finale. The finale was her winning by using her legal street smarts, if you will, and being like, look, we should have a better ending where this happens. And the whole dude that was like Hulk King, that was like the creep that was like running the thing, that all just kind of like gets thrown to the side and it's just like, okay, like there was that whole, that one moment I actually did enjoy with him. He's like, I bought a spear from Wakanda. That felt very much like actual shit that happens where like white people buy stuff they shouldn't. That's like probably stolen or whatever. That was kind of funny. Even the bit where they're like, we can't do the CGI for this because they, they've moved on to the next project. And you hear like the do 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 do, like, because Wakanda Forever is coming up. But that was kind of fun. But like, yeah, by the end of the show, you're like, okay, she's. She's kind of okay being She-Hulk, but she's still like, I'm me. I'm Jennifer Walters. But there was, and she's been kind of like pain because of how her rage went off. Yeah. Which was, that sees, was a cool, I wanted more of that. And I thought that was going to happen like, okay, towards the ending where there's still a bit of ambiguity of like what she is portrayed in the public eye, but it kind of skirted away from that. Okay. She's fine. But I would have loved this weird, creepy dude. I would have loved when he kind of becomes another Hulk. I kind of remind me of Megamind, what Jonah's oh, yeah, yeah, character. Yeah. Yeah. I would have laughed. Like it would have been funny to make fun of that. Like he like, or it doesn't work, and he's all like a weird monstrosity, and then he's like got a like. Oh well, he's carted away, and then Blonsky does become because I thought, okay, cool, Blonsky's going to become the villain, and then like you said, it didn't. Nothing happened. Oh, he's like, oh, I guess I'm going to prison. Oh, <laughs> and even like we have Jamila Jamil in here as Titania, who was like. I'm going to be fighting you. And I was like, I hate that kind of character. And like, they really advertised her as being like the villain, maybe of the series. And again, she's like in two episodes. I just feel like she, her character could have been used more. 
Like they had one cool fight, and there was that scene at the wedding where they kind of like have a fight. But yeah, I feel like it's it's just I feel like a missed opportunity of a show, and I feel like MCU lately has been a little all over the place, and this didn't help. I feel like sometimes if a movie's not going to do it, you kind of look to the next show to maybe like, oh, this is where it's really going to pick up. And now we're going to go from She-Hulk to Wakanda Forever, which is going to be like completely different vibe, different feeling. And I just, I I hope, I do want to see Tatiana in more stuff in this role. I just think that it needs to not be a She-Hulk show. I think She-Hulk should just be in other shows or movies. I think She-Hulk should not get a season two. Period. Like what, what it was advertised was, and I felt like, because they kind of said that this was going to be Disney's kind of, uh, excuse me, my uh, horniest show, like very yeah. adult film. And it didn't do that. It had like one episode. There's a lot of like, oh, her dating in your 30s, but I'm a Hulk. And like, there was a lot of good moments where she's like, this it. But you're right. It was just kind of a mess of a show where they didn't know where to, okay, we want to do a little bit of everything. But because you try to do all these things at once, you kind of lose the momentum. So it started as one thing and then it went to meta. So, yeah, I just I felt like they should have committed to like more of an adult kind of like um, rom-com legal drama with in that. And I feel that would have been better. And then, yeah, I don't. Yeah, I just felt like that kind of really how it was advertised was not. I don't think they stuck the landing what they should have. Yeah. So ultimately, as it wasn't as funny as I wanted it to be, I think the plot was all over the place. And it was just kind of a mess of a show. Although I enjoyed some of the performances, especially Tatiana again is is great in the lead character. And there was a few surprises here and there that was nice, but it wasn't enough to, you know, outshadow what was really the native part of the show. So for me, She Hulk it does land at a five out of ten. I'm gonna. I almost wanted to give it a four. I mean, it's Ooh. it's tough. I just because it. I was wanting more for this. You know, but you know what? I'm going to give it a five because I uh, <laughs> it wasn't as bad as uh, <laughs> what we just reviewed. So I'm going to give it a five out of ten. Uh, Disney Plus, you, you you know, Marvel Studios, you guys done better. I'm really I would like to see the future She-Hulk, maybe just in other properties with, you know, Echo maybe coming up or Daredevil, whatever they have with that. I'm OK with that. But yeah, uh, just feel like there's better. There's a better theme uh, for the show could have been so. But you know what? You can decide for yourself, folks out there listening. Uh, tell us your thoughts. Email us. Put it on our socials. But you can check out all episodes of Season 1 of She-Hulk on Disney Plus Now. And that was this edition of Potential Picks. Thanks for listening to The Potential Podcast. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at The Potential Podcast or on Twitter at The Potential Pod. Or you can email us. Send us your positive feedback and thoughts, suggestions, and more through our email, thepotentialpodcast at yahoo.com. I'm your host, Chris Dewar. And I'm your host, Taylor Sokol. Stay tuned for more episodes on pop culture, entertainment, and nerdum. And remember, know, know your, your potential. potential.